sage and fighting the fight. He has fought cities. He has fought counties. Politicians. Naysayers. Hell, he's even fought mayors. Thank you for listening to Sage and the Houseless Movement, a weekly show dedicated to the news and views of the homeless locally and worldwide. And all other things considered homeless? Yes. Broadcasting live from your Alexa device, the Radio Free Network app, iOS, WMVU.org, Many Voices United, and the Radio Free Network.com. And now, from some wooded area in Akron, Ohio, here is Sage of the Rage Lewis. Yo, 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 what is up, man? What is up? Tomorrow's Easter. Well, I mean, for you. That's so weird, right? When you record things. Like, if you hear this live, tomorrow's Easter. For me, it's like Thursday. Like Easter's coming. Uh, do you like Easter? I like Easter. I like it. Um, I would not classify myself as your traditional Christian. I, I don't even know what that means. Like a Christian. Like, what does that mean? Hold on. I got to turn down the sound. Like, so I think I know what it means, but that's half the problem. I literally am not totally sure what it means. So I think it means that you have to swear on the Bible (laughs) that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. Something like that. Here, let me, let me look it up. How do you know if you're a Christian? If you're happy and you know it. <laughs> Let's go to the Gospel Coalition on 2015. These guys sound like they know. Whenever counseling Christians looking for assurance of salvation, I take them to 1 John. Brief epistles full of help for determining whether you have <laughs> you are in the faith or not. Particular three signs. Is it first John, one John? Obviously, I'm already getting a strike. I don't even know how you say that. One John, first John, first. I know it's first Corinthians. So I guess I'm thinking first John. Given to us uh, so we can answer the question do I have confidence or condemnation? Mm-hmm. First sign is theological. You should have confidence. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, my Lord, I'm already striking out in Jesus Christ, the son of God. It's John five verses 11 through 13. Apparently John doesn't want people to be doubting. No, he doesn't. God wants you to have assurance to know that you have eternal life. And this is the first sign that you believe in Jesus. You believe he is the Christ or the Messiah. That's John two through 22. You believe he's the son of God, five through 10. You believe that Jesus has come in the flesh, four through two. I don't even know how it goes backwards like that. I don't even know. Oh, no, I'm sorry. John chapter two, chapter, chapter four, verse two. I see. I went to Bible school or whatever. I went to Sunday school. So if you get your theology wrong about Jesus, There it is. You will not have eternal life, ladies and gentlemen. 
says so right here on the gospelcoalition.org. You will not have it. What will you have? I guess you're going to go to hell. But one of the signs that should give you confidence before God is that you believe in his only son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Okay, well, it's not looking good for me. <laughs> Let's go on to step two. The second sign is moral. You should have confidence if you live a righteous life. Damn, these guys are sure of themselves. They don't have any confidence. Those who practice wickedness, who plunge headlong into sin, who not only stumble, but habitually walk in wickedness, mm, should not be confident. No, they should not. <laughs> Have you ever met a drug dealer? Some of the most confident people I've ever met. There's no different than what Paul tells us in Romans 6, that we no longer we are no longer slaves to sin, but are slaves to righteousness in Galatians 5, that those who walk in the flesh will not inherit the kingdom. Oh, yeah. Ooh, ooh those who walk in the flesh. Ooh, that's going to put a lot of people out, I think. This is no different than when Jesus tells us in John 15 that a good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Mm-hmm. wonder how long it took him to come up with that clever <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> So if you live a morally righteous life, you should have confidence. Unless the standard make you despair, keep in mind that part of living a righteous life is refusing to claim that you live without sin and coming to Christ or cleansing you. Yeah, you still are sin. Third sign, social. You should have confidence if you love other Christians. If you hate like Cain, you do not have life. But if your heart and your wallet are open, your wallet. Damn, this guy's going right to it. But if your heart and your wallet are open to your brothers and sisters, eternal life abides in you. One necessary sign of true spiritual life is that we love one another. Your wallet. <laughs> God's got his eye on your wallet. There are, si there are John's three signposts to assure that we are on the road to eternal life. There, these are not three things we do to earn salvation, but three indicators that God has indeed saved us. We believe in Jesus Christ, the Son, our God. We live a righteous life. We're generous toward other Christians. Or to put it this way, we know we have eternal life if we love Jesus, we love his commands, and we love his people. No one of the three is optional. All must be present in the Christian life. Okay, so let's, okay, I'm imagining this is evangelical. I don't know who these people are. Let's see about us. Okay. Uh, wait, I, I want to do about us. Oh, store chapters, foundation documents. Ah, here's a nice white guy. Looks a lot like me. We're a fellowship of evangelical churches. There you go. So they're in the Reformed tradition. Yeah. See, so I got it. These are evangelicals. Okay. And, um, I have a very, 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 very dear friend who's an evangelical, and um, she is wonderful. And um, she's just so wonderful. And I know many evangelicals, and they are very wonderful. But I don't believe this stuff. <laughs> I don't believe any of these things. I don't believe in the third, first, I don't believe in that, nah, the wallet thing. He lost me. If your heart and your wallet are open to your brother. Oh, geez. Oh, 
So what I know from my friend who is, uh, and I talk about it, and I am not condemning evangelicalism, not at all, not at all. I believe it's a highly valid path to, uh, you know, finding God. But I would think that most evangelicals would say to me, well, yeah, we're right and you're wrong, Sage. You're, you don't get the eternal life. I mean, what do I get? Like, anyways, that's a whole other story. But so like what an evangelical would say, I think, is that like, look, you can't do good your way into heaven. You're not, you're a sinner, right? You, you can't, you can't, um, you know, like in the, in the, in the show, the good place, like you can't do enough good deeds to earn your way into heaven. And I'm a hundred percent on board with that. Like a hundred, hundred percent. I, you, um, Yeah, like you can't earn your way into heaven. And interestingly, this is basically how Protestantism came about with uh, Luther, Martin Luther. He was pretty much he was pissed at the Catholic Church. And incidentally, he was a moderate. He didn't he just wanted to reform the Catholic Church. He didn't want to start a new church. He was just like, look, guys. um." we're charging people for alms or whatever to get into heaven. And I think that's wrong. That's pretty much the basis of why Martin Luther ended up, you know, uh, <laughs> early on, he was like totally chill and really like a easygoing guy. But at the end, apparently he called the Pope, the antichrist. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, you know, like that's where it comes from is like there was a division. There was Catholicism and then there was Martin Luther who started Protestantism. And, and then you get like evangelicals. And so. Like and part of. The whole evangelical thing is this confidence that, you know, you know, you know, you know, and I, I like that because it really helps you like just kind of fall into God, right? Like, you're just like, it's like that, 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 um, you know, where you stand and you fall backwards and you hope people catch you, you know, that, that thing, that, that insane game, like, that's what it is. You're like, there is nothing else. This is the only way. And this is how you get there. And so I really respect that, um, ideology because it, it's like all or nothing. My mom told me when that when I was young, my dad had left that I was thinking about moving to my dad's. And she said to me, she's like, you are not moving to your dad's. I love you. You're staying here. And she later told me, she's like, you know, I told you that most not because I didn't want you to go live with your dad, but because I wanted you to know that you were loved and wanted, you know, and like, 
And that's what this reminds me of. They're like, you, there is no other way to God. This is the only way to God. And just believe this way and you will be loved and you will get all the rewards of that love, you know, which is acceptance. And, you know, it's a, it's a club, it's a club and, uh, you're part of the club and, and it's like, you know, it's top leader is God. And so like, it's, there's a lot of good that comes with that, you know, but the downside is that everybody else that is like, well, but I'm Muslim or I'm Jewish or I'm Catholic. Like it leaves them kind of like, that's the problem is that they're like, then an evangelical is like, well, I'm sorry, you don't get eternal life. (laughs) Like what? (laughs) What? Why not? Well, because Martin Luther came over and said, this is the way to do it. And now, now we know the truth. It wasn't Catholicism for a thousand years beforehand. It was now it's this. And uh, when was Martin Luther? I don't want to people be like, you don't even know when Martin Luther, when did Martin Luther live? Yeah, 1483. Yeah. So, yeah, right. I mean, it was right during movable type. That was it was so handy because Martin Luther was like, hey, man, you just got to believe in this book. It's all in the book. And then they started printing these books right at that same time. And so, you know, it worked out great. Like, you know, it was like it was it was amazing because. um. You know, we had the movable type printing press and we were able to punch out a ton of these Bibles. So so then with Martin Luther's theory is like it's all in the book. Then you all of you had a book. It was the number one book. It was like the book. Everybody was printing out these Bibles. So it worked out great. But the truth, truth is, I'm sorry, evangelicals. I love you and I love your you know, you're all include, you know, you're all or nothing spirit. I'm like, I'm that guy, but the truth is, I'm sorry that you don't know the truth. Okay. That's the ultimate, ultimate truth. You, you, you know, you, you, you got it in your heart and you believe it with all your might, but you just can't deny the fact that you don't know. You don't know. And I don't know. So that's the truth, truth. And so if that's the, 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 the truth, truth is you don't know. I mean, you're like, your only thing is like the, well, the Bible tells me so. <laughs> well, books say a lot of things. Well, but this book was written by God. Well, funny thing about that. You know, (laughs) it's been through the wash a couple times, you know. So that's the truth. Truth is you don't know. But it's fine that you're totally committed to it. It's totally great. I'm like, I love my evangelical friends. I love the, they're so sweet and so kind and so just wonderful, wonderful people. I love them. And I love the fact that like, they are like, you know, look, you can't buy your way into heaven through good deeds. 
you know, and that's definitely back to Martin Luther. Like that was his thing. And I'm like, yeah, man, it's not what it's about, but they still have like one little step. There's just like one, you can't buy your way in. You can't like, you can't undo all your natural sin and all that. So, you know, it's, there's not enough good deeds on the planet to make you special enough to get into heaven. But there's just this one little thing you got to do, just one little thing. And then, you know, and then you, that thing I read, you know, you got to like commit all in Jesus, the son of God, Lord, our savior. He's the only God, the one true God, the blah, 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 blah. And then, and then you're in, and then you know, you're in because you have confidence that you're in, <laughs> which is a wonderful psychological setup, right? You're like, I know I'm in, in with God, which is so wonderful because then you're like, you don't have that nebulous questioning that hangs over your head, which kind of degrades the power of God, you know? So it's a, it's a great religion for particularly people that are suffering because it basically says, look, we're all sinners. You're a sinner. I'm a sinner. And, uh, but we have the path to salvation and all you have to do is just accept Jesus into your heart as your one true Lord and savior. And you're good to go. And so I think that it resonates with people that are suffering greatly. And so it's a great tool. And it's sort of like, I would never, ever try to convince an evangelical not to be an evangelical. Like, who gives a crap? Like, if it brings you happiness and peace to believe that, by all means, believe it. And like I said, I love my evangelical friends and they are just so warm and caring. And, and I know you're going to, then you see here, you come, you're like, no, man, the evangelicals voted for Trump. And then I'm like, all right, you see, that's exactly what they were talking about. Like you can't stop being a dick. <laughs> you can't turn it off. You don't like evangelicals. And so you can't resist putting in your little two cents of that is not interesting, not innovative. Everybody's heard it, but you got to say it. You got to say it. And, uh, and then there, so it goes. And then, then you see, then you're, you're like, you're, you've got that that, that wickedness that they talk about. You just can't drop it. You just can't drop it. And then, then the evangelicals are like, see, I told you these fuckers suck. And I'm like, you know, the humans meaning. And I'm like, yeah, they, really, they do. A lot of them do. A lot of them do. In fact, we all do. Because sooner or later, we, we fall down. You know, even the most righteous, loving, kindest person has something in their closet. Makes them wicked. Some wicked. And so like, it's just, you know, the fact that we're all sinners is so true. You know, 
none of us can escape our humanity, which is so has just such dirtiness to it sometimes. And so, um, you know, I think that like, this is good for people that, you know, have done bad things in their lives. Like they're just like, you know, and it's, it's a way out of it. It's a, it's a way to find peace in your life, which you need to find. You all need to find, everybody needs to find peace. Like, like I am not, I don't believe criminals need to be judged. Uh, they just need to be contained, you know, like if you are hurting society, you know, because you're a murderer or a pedophile or a rapist or a thief, you know, you need to be confined and maybe reformed if we're going to let you out. We don't do a very good job of that. We don't really work on reform in our penal system. We just hold you, warehouse you and wait for you to show back up, you know? So, um, It's just a way to find internal peace, you know, which everybody deserves everybody because we all are on the scale of sinners. We're on that scale somewhere. And I'm sorry, I'm using that word. It's just a good word. You know what I'm saying? Even though you probably maybe don't like the word. I don't particularly like the word either, but I don't know what other word to use. So I, you know, you get it, right? Like we're just all, we just have darkness to us. We just all have darkness to us. And so. Um, we, there, it's just a good, it's just a good religion for a person that is suffering like that. Um, but the truth truth is we don't know. And because we don't know, then we can, you can go any route you want with religion. Because if the truth truth is <laughs> that evangelicals don't know, and they're like the most confident of any of them, then if they don't know, which they don't know, then nobody knows. And that's the truth truth. <laughs> and then you have the opportunity of finding your own truth, which is what I really want the message to be is that all roads lead to God. Okay. When you're looking for God, all roads lead to God. Like you, and, and it, you can do it easily with this thinking symbolically looking up or looking down. If you look down towards humanity and you get caught up in humanity it's um, almost cancerous how you can easily find such evilness in humanity and such cruelty and smallness and selfishness. And so when you're looking at humanity, you're not looking at God. And again, all these words are very interchangeable with other words that you want to use. So like once you start looking up, like you just literally look up, like look at the stars, look at whatever, look at whatever is outside of you and you and, and actual, the physical beings of humans, then 
you're on the path to God. You're on it. I don't care what you do. Like you want to like go dance around a maypole. You want to like dress up like a horse. I don't give a crap what you do. You know, I, I don't think that like, I don't know. We used to give sacrifices to God. I don't understand that really. I, I don't think that's awesome. You don't need to do that, do you? But whatever you think you, that gets you closer to God. You need to sacrifice things. I I wish you wouldn't, but whatever. (laughs) I mean, uh, I give thanks to my cows every time I eat them. You know, I've basically sacrificed a cow for a burger. So we're all kind of doing it. If we're meat eaters, you know, we're already doing it. And obviously you can't kill humans, you know, because that's like a human law. We're just like, no, 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 no. You don't kill humans. You don't hurt humans. You will go to jail for a very, very long time if you kill a human. So like, that's like, you're like, okay, so, so human law says no killing humans, uh, in your, uh, ceremonial rituals. You can, I guess, I don't, I don't know. Is it allowed? Are you allowed to like, uh, sacrifice animals to God? I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't know. But you can't sacrifice humans anymore. It's against human law, you know. But if you look at the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not kill. I don't know. But isn't that weird? Like, didn't, wasn't there a lot of killing in the Old Testament? I don't know. I'm so confused. <laughs> so confused. Um, so if you don't, if there is no truth, truth, then you can find whatever truth is meaningful to you. And that's what I, what I believe. And then what I do is then I come back oftentimes to Christian thinking, specifically, um, Catholic thinking. Like I just love Catholic. I love Catholics. I'll never, ever join the Catholic church unless they allow a woman priest. If they allow a woman priest, I might consider it. So there you go. Catholic church. It's all hinging on. If you want my, you want my, my body in your pews. Let me see a Catholic priest woman. I'll seriously consider it. Uh, I just, women do so much in the Catholic church and get none of the credit. It just bothers me. So, but I do love their stuff, man. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, Richard Rohr is, um, just a wonderful writer and speaker. Um, let's see Catholic, like who else do I like? Um, oh, did you ever read Flannery O'Connor, any of her stuff? That was really good. Dorothy Day, I'm a huge fan of. Thomas Merton, I'm a huge fan of. I just, um, I, I don't know, man. They're they're mystical. I like, I like the mysticalness of Catholicism more than I like the kind of almost intellectualism of um protestantism just that book you know they're like it's all in the book and i'm like eh, i don't know i kind of rather it being a little more spiritual you know but what maybe that's just for me for me that's what it is but whatever i just you know it's for me <laughs> But that's the beauty of it. I believe that you got to like find these path, the path that's right for you. And then I feel ultimately that's kind of the shame that the evangelicals are like, it's either our way or the highway. And then a lot of people are like, eh, then the highway. And so 
I bring it all up because tomorrow for you is Easter. And Easter, if you're not familiar, it's a big holiday in Christianity. Now, we make a bigger deal of Christmas, uh, which is fine because, you know, it's a dark time. It's like the winter solstice, the darkest day of the the year, right around that time, you know, September, December 25th, or December 22nd, 21st, you know, right around that really dark time. So you get a tree, you get lights, and you get lots of presents, and it lifts your spirits, and Jesus was born, yay! And a guy in a red suit comes down your chimney because, you know, they were trying to get the pagans involved in Christianity, so they were, you know, they were like, now they were horse trading, uh, you know, symbols, which is great. It's one, it's even better that way. I love that. I love that. And so now in Easter, you know, you get a bunny rabbit with eggs, you know, hopping around. I love that. I love it so much. It's adorable. It's adorable. And what's um, great about it is that like, you know, this is, the, the, the Christian component of it is he is risen, right? So on Friday, they string him up to the cross, right? And on, oh, actually, today, the third, okay. What is the Thursday before Easter? Because today's Thursday. So, yeah, Monday, Thursday, okay? Monday. It's not Monday. It's Monday. What is that? It's called Holy Thursday or Sheer Thursday, the day before Easter, observed in commemoration of Jesus Christ's institution of the Eucharist during the Last Supper. Monday, Thursday is celebrated on April 1st, April Fool's Day. It's funny, 2021. So that's for me, that's today. You see? The name is thought to be a Middle English der- derivation from the Latin anthem song, the Roman Catholic Church on the day. I can't even do it. Uh, Say those words in the most European countries. It's known as Holy Thursday. Other names are Green Thursday. I didn't know that from the early practice, giving penance to green branch as a token for completing their Lenten penance. Uh, In early Christian church, the day was celebrated with general communion for clergy. You know, it's just a whole big buildup, you know? Um, Since 1956, Monday Thursday has been celebrated in Roman Catholic churches with a morning liturgy. Morning, yeah, a morning liturgy for the consecration of the holy oils for the coming year and an evening liturgy in commemoration of the institution for the Eucharist. Since I'm so into Catholicism, I should be down with this stuff. I should know what I'm talking about with a general uh, communion during the evening liturgy. During the evening liturgy, the hosts are consecrated for the communion on Good Friday when there is no liturgy. The ceremony of the washing the feet is performed by the celebrant who ceremonially washes the feet of the 12 people in memory of Christ washing the feet. See, I love that. Like this guy's washing all these like homeless people's feet, I think. No, asylum seekers, which is nice. Um, So there you go. So anyways, that's today. Then tomorrow, Friday, which was yesterday for you. Jesus gets hung up on the cross. Then Saturday's kind of a quiet day. You know, you just wander around. You're like, what happened? I don't know. I'm so confused. And then on Saturday, Sunday, the rock was rolling away. He, nobody stole the body. He was arisen. That's what (laughs) they jump right to the crazy. Like the, the body's gone. And they're like, there's only one reason that could happen. Cause he's, he's arisen from the dead. (laughs) I love it.
People are so funny. They're like, that's the only, only possible reason that could happen. So, but it's wonderful because what it represents is rebirth, which is so spring, you know, like leaves come on the trees, the cherry blossoms, like everything looked so bleak, you know, everything was dying and then bam, it comes back. You know, awesome, awesome. Like, so it just reiterates the profound cycle of life. And in me, in my mind, it's cooler than just regular birth or regular death because it's this truth that it's a cycle. And everywhere you look, you can see the cycle. So, for example, you should know that when you die, all the stuff of you doesn't disappear. Now, you might say, well, you know, if you don't get in a, a, a casket, you can, you know, be fertilizer for a, a tree, which is true. But the fact of the matter is... The energy that was you does not disappear. And in fact, the energy that is you was created 13.8 billion years ago. You know, when this universe exploded into existence, which is a, a wonderful uh, story of creation, you know, wonderful. I don't know why we have to like have seven days. Like, why can't we have like a nanosecond? Like that, that's what's up, you know, cooler than the Bible story. If you ask me the truth, I mean, making an entire universe in less than a second. Ooh, now we're talking, baby. Now we're talking. That's exciting. That's an exciting story. If you ask me, I mean, literally on the seventh day, God had to like chill out. He's like, Ooh, I'm exhausted. Build a whole universe. Like, well, you know, you actually built the universe in a second and you never stopped. So I'm more down with that story, <laughs> but whatever, whatever story you like, uh, say whatever you want. But so far the science says big bang and your book, the Bible is not science. Okay. It's, it's, it's just lore, which is fine. But when you start saying things like, well, the universe actually started this way. Well, now if you're going to get involved in that, you've entered into the world of science and now you've got to start proving it. And you can't just hand over a book and say, well, it's in this book. Like literally you got like, we're, I mean, your book is fine. There's no problem with your book. But once you're like, I say that the, the, there were no dinosaurs or dinosaurs and human. No, I guess you say there's dinosaurs and humans lived on the earth together. Well, now if you're going to throw that down, that's fine, but you got to prove it. And uh, no scientist has ever proven that because now you're in the game of science. That's all. No big deal. You know, like you're in the science, you're in the business of poetry and, and spiritualness, which is beautiful and important, as important as science, as important, maybe more important. Okay. 
but it's not science. It's not provable, repeatedly provable. You know, that's it's it's a different game. That's all. The game of science is like prove it. And you can't hand over a book and says, well, this book says so. Well, books say all kinds of things. Well, but this book is special. Well, prove it. <laughs> prove it. <laughs> well, it is. It's proof. I mean, God wrote this book. Prove it. That's what a scientist says. And that's because that's the game of science. So, um, so, but the, the, the beauty of spirituality is it's not about proving. It's about connecting and seeing the connectedness. And so whether Jesus truly rose from the dead, which I don't believe, uh, other than how we all raise from the dead, you know, like if he was truly dead, he was dead. That's it. I mean, that's, that's it. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, I mean, people do come back from death, you know, like that is a thing, but not like what he did. Like he was dead for a day. Like you can't just come back after a day. I mean, now I guess there was somebody that was frozen for a long time, blah, 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 you know, but he wasn't frozen. You get what I'm saying here. This wasn't like a, well, I mean, it could have been right. They could have thought he was dead, but it turns out he was just kind of messed up. And he woke up and they thought, I mean, that I guess I could buy, but, but the story is that guy was super dead, like dead, dead, dead as dead can be deader than dead. And then bam, he awoke. I mean, it just doesn't work scientifically. Like your body has degraded. You're going to end up really jacked up. You know, it's going to be like pet cemetery. Like he's just going to walk around as a zombie. He's going to be all jacked up and screwed up because his cells are screwed up. His cells were screwed up. So, and he didn't get cryogenic, you know, like Disney, Walt Disney is, you know, not that he was just sitting in a cave. It's just not going to work, people. I'm sorry. Okay. It's not. But the story works beautifully. The story works wonderfully. And then you can be like, look, he was risen. And now the story works. Yes, he rose from the dead. Because that's the story. And the story represents all of life that we never die. You can't die. It's physically impossible to die. You become other things. You know, the energy within you becomes the energy of something else. And so, but that you know, is complicated for many human brains. They're like, well, you just said it wasn't real. I said it. It's. <laughs> and you're like, oh boy, we got to go there. Do we? Yeah. It didn't really happen that way, but it happened. It really happened. Do you get it? Can you get it? Can you hold both of those things? It didn't really happen, but it really happened because that's what I'm saying. It didn't really happen, but it really happened. And that's all I can say about it. That, no, he didn't really ra rise from the dead. He rose from the dead. 
the the symbolism is real. It's uh, it's so real. In fact, it's more real than actually rising from the dead. It's better. You know, the story is the best. And so we must, I think, well, no, we don't have to do anything. Do whatever you want. I don't care. I don't care what your religion is. You're doing fine. The mere fact that you're thinking about Jesus. If you want to tell me that you're a hundred percent sure, absolutely positively that there was a dead guy in a cave and he just woke up and walked out one day. Fine. Cause I don't know. I don't know. And if that means something to you, then that's perfect. That's all that matters. I'm not here to, um, bicker to lessen your spirituality. In fact, I'm here to tell you, if that's what you believe, then that's what happened. Absolutely, that's what happened. Because that's all that matters. Because it connects you to God. And you're not hurting anybody, okay? If you believe Jesus literally rose from the dead, A, I don't know, and B, great. Wonderful. Wonderful. And if you use that to find peace and connection and remember on the cross that Jesus said, forgive them for they know not what they do. And it makes you more loving then absolutely. That's what happened. And you rock. I will listen all day to your spirituality and what it means to you. Because it doesn't hurt my spirituality. Your spirituality does not hurt my spirituality. Now, obviously, people get all wrapped up and they start killing people, you know, that don't believe what they believe. And, and that's, but that's not God. That's humans looking down, looking focused on humans, you know. Other humans are not your problem. This is your journey. The entire 13.8 billion year old universe was built for you for this moment. So it doesn't matter what other people believe. Don't worry about them. They're just two bit players in your show. They don't even exist. All that matters is your show. <laughs> That's the only time. Only thing that matters is in the, in the universe is that it's your show. And you get to run it any way you want. And so I bring all that up. 42 minutes of that. To tell you that you are witnessing a transformation. Yours truly has decided that I can't go on living the way I've been living. And a couple different things happened, but one of them was that I was reminded of a woman by the name of Amber Evans. 
Amber Evans was an activist, 28 years old. And what's interesting is she has connections to my area. She went to the University of Akron. She went to Kent State. She went to Ohio State. It's all around where I live, you know. I'm sorry to say I never knew Amber. Um, Amber was 28 when she died. And she died around March, the end of March of 2019. She went missing on January 28th. Um, there was a memorial on March 28th. Did I say that? January 28th? She went missing. Memorial on March 28th, 2019. Uh, it says during a March 28th memorial for Amber Evans, friend Stacy Little recalled that Storm, the weather-controlling heart of comic book collective The X-Men, was Evans' favorite fictional character. And ever since she's gone, it's been a cloud, a bad cloud. little set of Evans went missing. Um, she ended up killing herself. And uh, she was found, I think, in a river, maybe down in Columbus. I can't quite remember. It doesn't matter. Um, but what does matter is that she wrote a, a letter to, um, I think her boyfriend who, where she said something along the lines of I'm exhausted. I wonder if I can find that. But, and there's a wonderful, the ColumbusAlive.com did this wonderful remembrance of her and lays out her life in this beautiful recounting. But she is an activist and she was all in. And um, and I, they don't make the connection, but I could feel... Um, I could feel a connection with Amber because I could feel her intensity and I could feel how much she cared for her activism and how much it meant to her. Um, so here's a point in the article. It says, beginning in 2018, some friend noticed a subtle, friends noticed a subtle change in Evans. One of the last times I talked to her, I could tell something was going on, that she was struggling with something, but I didn't say anything, which I regret. Uh, Johnson said that Evans often appeared tired toward the end of 2018, struggling to balance a career that demanded much of her, yet from which she drew, also drew life. In the last six months, there was a lot of heaviness because that was the time she was thinking about whether or not she was going to pursue an executive director position with the Juvenile Justice Coalition. It felt like she was struggling to find the path that was going to allow her to keep making an impact, but in a way that felt good and restful and sustainable. I'd ask, what's wrong, Amber? I'm just tired. And that was almost like a code word, said this person. I knew that wasn't the case. I knew something was wrong. I was always like, stop. I know there's something wrong, but she wouldn't tell me. 
Kondo, the person talking here, said that on January 27th, Evans told him she wanted to break up. This is her boyfriend. The two shared a melancholy dinner at Roosters in German Village. Evans worked for the company for a time, during which Kondo said he asked her to sleep on the decision. Following work the next day, Evans returned to the couple's rental in Old Town East, which is in Columbus, sometime between 5.45 and 6.15, at which point Kondo said Evans informed him that she still wanted to end the relationship. I'm crying and she's reminding me of all the things that we've given each other and saying that this doesn't change anything, that she still loves me, it's going to be okay. She asked me, she said, can you still call my mom and Nana from time to time because I know they'd like to hear from you. And I thought, that's super weird. We can even all go to dinner if you want. And then she said she was going for a drive. An hour and a half later, Kondo received a text that said, I'm sorry, I love you. Soon after, a call followed from Fisher, who had received a similar text from Evans, set off panic amid friends and family who started to search the city, focusing on places she enjoyed walking, including Franklin Park and the Scioto Mile. Later that evening, Evans' silver 2013 Chevy Sonic was discovered near the Scioto River abandoned. We all went down to the Scioto Mile, again, this is in Columbus, and looked for her till like four in the morning. I've never been so scared or traumatized in my whole life. I was just screaming for her and I just wanted her to answer. We never disputed about a goddamn thing ever. We never argued. It was always love. The next day, Kondo checked his email, finding a message from Evans, copied to friends and roommate Stacy Little that contained a link to a Google document which, uh, in which Evans spelled out an intent to harm herself. It'd be another two months before her body was found. So uh, she killed herself. And obviously, I don't know what was in the letter. I don't know what was in her mind. But this impacted me because this is right around this time, you know, like two years ago that this kind of all came about. And um, I'm like, I get it. Now, I'm not a guy that would likely kill himself. Like, I can, I just can sit with a lot of pain. I, I've done it and I can do it and uh, I just won't kill myself. I just won't. <laughs> At least today I say that. I don't know. That's what I say today. And I think that's true. You never know who, what's going to happen in your life. But I can get what she's, where she's at. Because you look and you're like, nothing changes, man. And this is what I hear from my activist friends all the time. They're like, we had the largest um, protests in the history of America. And what has changed with Black Lives Matter? What has changed? Right now, the Ferguson trial is going on. The cop that, you know, killed, killed him, George Ferguson. And uh, who even cares? I mean, he's probably not going to get convicted, but even if he does, who cares? It's just, you know, it's the system that killed him. It's not that one guy. It's the system that of police officers that look down on those that um, they're supposed to help. They look down on drug addicts. They look down on race, um, you know, people of different races. And um, 
that's not changing anytime soon. Like, how does it even change? Like, how do you, how do you legislate hate away? You, you can't. Like we've done the legislation stuff, right? And now we're fighting against, you know, we have voters' rights issues coming back up in the South and when in Georgia, I think. And they're talking about like how these are coming back looking like these Jim Crow laws of making it very difficult for black people to vote because nothing ever changed, you know? And um, because humans didn't change. We were forced to allow African-Americans to come into white schools, not because we wanted to, but because we were forced to. And so, you know what people did? They left. White people left. They went into the suburbs where there's fewer black people. And uh, that's what, um, you know, wealthy people can do. They can also gentrify an area where they can uh, price out minorities and poor people in communities. They can do that. With money, you can do a lot. So nothing changes. You know, we condemn drug dealers as evil. But did you ever take a minute to talk to them? Did you ever take a minute to learn their story, why they're drug dealers? Because I guarantee you there's a very valid reason why. But no, we just condemn them. We want them gone. We don't care what happens to them. We just want them gone. Uh, drug addicts are the next level. We look down on them. You know, homeless people, we look down on them. Of course, we look down on other people from other um, uh, races, you know, from other locations. Even, you know, back in the day, like, you know, certain areas from... Europe were acceptable and not acceptable. Even today, you know, where immigrants come from, there's good immigrants and bad immigrants based on their, where they're from, not because of their, who they are as a person, just where they're from. <laughs> no, you've never met them or done a study on their culture. You just don't like them. And so you can't kill yourself over this. <laughs> Um, because humans are going to do human things. And I'm a firm believer, actually, that on earth, good and bad, good and evil, however you want to say, is in a dance. Like they balance, you know, like you think about, um, Donald Trump, who I really commend uh, conservatives for getting into office because, you know, they, they, they broke the system to get him in there. But the guy was just, you know, self-absorbed dick, you know, like I, I, to the point where I feel bad, you know, and I was reading like these guys are apologizing who went into the Capitol and did the Capitol riots and hurt police and hurt property. They're apologizing, you know, which only means one thing. Like their movement was hollow. Their movement was, was fake. It was based on a egomaniac and his 
insane belief that that the, the, the election was stolen from him. It was not stolen from him. I mean, you can decide all day on voter rights, and that's what's happening now. That's the out. That's the real outcome is that they're going to tighten up voter rights. They're going to make it harder for people that don't vote for Republicans to vote. And so that's the true insidiousness of it, the evilness of it. You can't keep your head there. Because this is humanity. This is what it is. If you think that being human is you're going to get to the end line where everybody's in peace and harmony and getting along, you are in the wrong book, my friend. (laughs) You're playing the wrong game. You have to realize that this, you will never win, but you can make a difference. You can do good. And in fact, you must try to do good. You must make an effort to be the change you want to see. But you cannot think that you are going to see the end of evil darkness. You will still be walking in the valley of the shadow of death. But you fear no evil because you got your eye on God. And so this is the transformation for me that I might not actually throw myself in a river, but I could kill myself just being just being irate and angry at reality. I got to let that go. I got to let the anger go because it's not sustainable and it's not healthy and it doesn't help the cause. I'm not ending. I'm just adding more anger to the world. (laughs) which is ironic. A guy that's trying to end hatred and anger is sending out anger and hatred, which, you know, is justifiable. It's fine, but I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not yelling like that anymore. I'm going to try not to, I'm going to probably make mistakes. I'm going to slip, but I'm going to try and keep my eye, keep, keep my head looking up instead of constantly looking down because people are vile and terrible and mean and cruel to each other and their planet and the animals and the environment. They're just terrible, but they know not what they do. They're just afraid. And we are born out of the great creation that is love from 13.8 billion years ago. I love you. Thank you for listening to Sage and the Houseless Movement, a weekly show dedicated to the news and views of the homeless locally and worldwide.